You're listening to The Setup Podcast, a podcast that helps you navigate new topics in music, tech, and entrepreneurship with the most disruptive professionals in the music industry, turning their experiences working behind the scenes into actionable advice you can use. I'm Sydney. And I'm Sam. And we're your hosts for The Setup Podcast. If you're like us, passionate about paving your own path, hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite app because we'll help set you up for success at The Setup Podcast. I want to say a quick shout out to our amazing listeners. Truly, I created this podcast to help those who are new to the industry, just like I was once. And I'm very happy to learn that I can also provide insight to those who have been in music for a while. I want to give another shout out to all of our new listeners of The Setup Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Super excited for our first guest of the season. He is an incredible songwriter and a really good friend of mine. Couldn't have thought of anyone better to kick off season five. Andrew, Roger, and I met through this podcast, actually. He has been a listener since day one. I remember the first time he reached out, and now we talk almost every day. For almost 30 years, Andrew Roger has performed throughout Canada solo and with his own band, Stop Yelling. After a lengthy break from the music world to begin his family, Andrew returned to music in 2020 amidst a very different musical landscape from the one he left. Working from his home studio space, he has released seven complete albums in the last two years, two of which we will discuss today, Haunted Cowboy Sounds and The Wanderer. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. So. Oh, nice. <laughs> I've got uh, I've got two kids that are going to be homesick from school tomorrow. So this will be definitely be the highlight of my week in more ways than one. <laughs> At Wait, this point, one isn't your household sick. <laughs> fuck, I don't know. It's school, like, man. Like if you have yeah. kids, be prepared to be sick. It's a like a it's kindergarten. It's mm, the kindergarten no. is just a cesspool. Um, yeah, that happened to Eliza when she was little and that same thing with Alex. So geez, yeah. because I, I, I feel like just a couple of weeks ago you were sick Alex and, and I, I feel sick, like, yeah. yeah. And I feel like now it's like every time I talk to you, but hopefully you remain healthy and hopefully yeah. it's a speedy recovery for yeah. wait, Eliza. <laughs> wait, what, what is it? What do you guys have? Is oh, just, just cold. cold, just good old fashioned oh. cold. Yeah. Well, for now, until we start testing yeah. ourselves or whatever. Right. But it's, mm-hmm. um, We'll see. But uh, yeah, no, I just, I, yeah, like all my work is done. Like today was the official last day. Uh, Haunted Cowboy Sounds is done. It's ready to go to DistroKid. Uh, well, I got to finish the cover, but uh, so I can afford to be sick for a couple of days if I need to be. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot uh, operate that way. If I'm sick, yeah. I am not going to do anything yeah. at all. <laughs> really, Sydney? Yeah. 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 But uh, Sam, I'll say the same thing to you that I said to Sydney the first time we had one of our meetings. Was like, it's just, it's mind blowing for me to have your voice in my ears. Like I listen to the podcast so much, <laughs> and I'm sure we'll go into detail on that. But it's just an honor to have this chance. You know, it's an honor to know you. It's an honor to have this chance to chat. And uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah. You Mm. have been nothing short of a pleasure. Yeah. Oh, it it, it definitely means the world. And then when you reach out to me, I told Sydney immediately and I was just like, oh, my gosh. Um, (laughs) I just I just felt finally like I had some kind of value. Yeah. Goes both ways. Same for me. Like I was telling Sydney, too, because, you know, we've had the chance to talk more. But like Mm -hmm. for me, like it'll in February, this will be 30 years that I've been doing this. And with the big Congrats. chunk of time off in between. Thank you. Um, but this is like, sometimes you feel like you're just shouting into the void, right? And like, this is, I'm so touched to be asked to do this. Not only did I hope that someday this would happen. I thought it would take like four or five years. So I'm very excited it's happening <laughs> now. <laughs> but um, it's validation. Like somebody, you've you've heard me, you know, like you, you've seen, or my, you see me. Like mm-hmm. you're recognizing like, hey, this, you know. You exist, Andrew. Like it means a lot. It means the world to me. So, and you're both very famous in my household. Like, <laughs> my, my girls will both be like, "Oh, did you? You know, did you listen to? The, are you, you know, I we do talking time with Alex before like bedtime, and and she'd be like, "Oh, are you, you know, are you listening to the podcast tonight? I am." Or, or they'll come home from school like, "Were you messaging with Sydney and Sam today?" I was like, oh, "I did actually. Yes, I was messaging with them." I'm like, <laughs> "Oh, and I have to have and them on sometime." 
Okay, <laughs> just bring and, it to Yeah, right. Quite frankly, Andrew, you're like different than any of our guests that we ever had before. Yeah. Like, I feel Thank like you. it's more... No, but it's, I mean, because you guys have been in contact, like you listen. You're learning how the sausage is made. (laughs) You are too. You're seeing seeing my album come to life. Yeah. Yeah. I I love it. But Smither, what I was going to say, going back is I met his whole entire family already. So I already know all those names. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Eliza wanted to come and say, say, can I come say hi? Like, well, not tonight, sweetie. This is like. This is more professional than, than just like coming in. It's past your bedtime anyway. But um, yeah. then she'll come here and just stand here and not say anything. So it's like, yeah. It's so adorable. And then it'll be yeah. just me and Andrew talking and her like going off yeah. the screen. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's adorable. Also, I had another point to that, by the way. I feel like a lot of the times, especially when you're not in the industry or when you don't talk about it, is um, the fact that people put us in buckets, you know? So like, mm-hmm. Not everyone, like even now, like even if like what I'm talking about in the podcast is what I do in my daily life, uh, people are still finding out about it. And I'm like, I thought I was being kind of annoying posting about that, but I guess it doesn't break through because of the algorithms and also because like people just see you as something else in a lot of the time. So um, yeah, that's really cool that you're getting, yeah, that's really cool that you're getting that like validation that you're like doing something outside of work. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even for me for like musically or whatever, right. Like it's people like I, a lot of people like they, they think, you know, like, Oh, if I click like on your Facebook post, like I've done my job, like I've liked it. And it's like, I, I appreciate that. But what I would like you to do is click, f and link and listen mm-hmm. to the song right like mm-hmm. like i've had stuff that i'd be promoting for months and then someone's like oh wow you know the, the 20th time you post you're like oh that's well you it's liked true. every other post <laughs> why didn't you listen to so that? i mean it's it's kind of crazy if you really think about it you really have to reach any person like eight to ten times before they'll mm-hmm. actually like catch yeah. something and for a lot of people too it's like oh it's just andrew like they mm-hmm. never really listen to the music that's why i like when i'm getting to know somebody and then I find out they actually listen to the music. Like they have a different reaction, you know. Like if if you say you've heard, like I I know whether or not you've listened to it because you'd have a different view. You know, like I don't know if I'm explaining myself well, but it's like you know, like I was talking with one friend a few months ago about my brand, and she started to laugh. Like not a laugh at me, but like chuckle, like oh you and your brand. Like well yeah, like I ha- I'm a brand. Like it's true. I've been doing this almost thirty years, and I'm putting out. I'm about to release album number six and seven since March of 2021. It's so, so like, wild. I'm Honestly. doing some shit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Lots and of shit on top of that. <laughs> I'm really liking the direction. I know we've talked mm-hmm. about this. I know we yeah. talked about this before, hearing yeah. all the songs in one drive right. all together. You know me, I'm a huge instrumental fan. I think people who don't talk to you regularly, I think they'll see where you're going with it. Mm-hmm. I think all the songs yeah. relate yeah. and tell a story. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's funny because I, the way I start, like, I'm a big believer in the order of songs as part of the storytelling. Yeah. And I've often, like I joked in the robot and it's like, Oh, I'm not quite ready to write my I'm happy album yet. Right. Mm-hmm. And the way I ended up writing the songs and then you get to the lyrics of the last Don't two songs. <laughs> <laughs> the, keep uh, going, I guess. <laughs> oh, sure. Well, we tell the story later. Um, yeah. But the, uh, the second to last song, uh, two, uh, no, which one is it? I can't remember which one it is. Um, oh, there was a time, and it's uh, it's a line where it says saying goodbye uh, at the end of the chorus, and and originally that was not saying goodbye, and just oh. through tweaking it and the emotions that I was feeling, it's like no, I'm I'm ready to say goodbye. Like a lot of these songs are about past breakups, a lot of the emotions that come from them, and it's like I'm actually ready to say goodbye to these emotions. And then when I wrote the last song of it's been a year, I'm kind of coming back to like I'm I think I'm ready for the happy songs, so we'll see. But they'll still be. Sadly optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> Wait to hear that's, the whole country album. Like that's insane. That's turning out so crazy. There's two songs right now that don't yes. have a number. That's the start of like that's the, the country uh, album. It's the Johnny Cash vibes. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And, yes. Uh, what's it called? Stranger. Stranger came freaking, to town. Yeah. Yeah. I I uh, I freaking loved it. Oh, <laughs> I know well, you're talking even, about that too, and you sent it to me before. But I'm like, uh, oh wow, hearing the like. I did uh, I did research to find out what the appropriate horse 
the Appaloosa was an, it's a oh, time period appropriate horse. <laughs> and, um, yeah, like it's totally like it's it's on purpose, like Johnny Cash ripoff, like every country stereotype from the old school country that I could find is in there. Uh, you know, like the preacher trying to shoot the stranger and, and all that kind of stuff. It's like <laughs> There's a lot of, you know. References like I did one. I recorded one today. I was going to put it on the drive. I didn't get a chance to. I finished one today. Um, uh, the soul that the soul that could not be saved is the new one, and it's just this preacher. Like I once had a heart of gold, uh, now it burns like coal. Is the chorus, and it's just this this outlaw talking kind of from beyond the grave of, of just like don't pray for me, just put a flower by my grave. It's like <laughs> I'd love it. It's a classic. Yeah. Yes. So I was joking with a, a friend of mine. I said, like, Can you imagine if if this is my breakthrough album, it's like the stupid country album that I just like. Okay, but <laughs> let me tell it. you, let me let me tell you right now is the time to do that because country, especially yeah. in many parts of the US, is becoming popular when it historically hasn't. Yeah. And I was just I just finished um, Machine Gun Kelly's documentary, and I will tell you, it it inspired me when you're doing something that seems against the grain, but it's not like that's me. (laughs) No, it was it was inspiring. I was thinking about you during him. If you think it's not common, probably isn't, but that's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got I've got a friend that's a good friend, Nasley, that you see mentioned in all my album credits. She hears everything like first because she's on the West Coast, so I know she's up when I finish it, like song at two (laughs) a.m. And she's a psychic and a tarot card reader. And last year she did a reading for me, and she ended up using three decks because every good card that could come up, I got. And she's like, "I'm going to do this again because this is too." But it was really, it was just like, like. I'm doing things my own way, like especially as a Leo, like I'm supposed to be doing things differently in my own way. And just some people aren't going to get it, but the right people will and just do what you're doing. And that's where my uh, phrase of momentuming came from. She just kept saying, you've been building so much momentum and momentum and momentum. And so it's sort of a new life motto of mine is momentuming, um, which is just every day do something to work towards the goal. And for me, the goal is just music. So there's no end game to this where it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, if I, when I get signed to a label or when whatever, when X happens and I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just like, I'm just working music. That's the goal. So nice and (laughs) open-ended. And you're just happy. Yeah. Hey, I saw your reaction. Uh, Isn't it kind of shocking that he's a Leo? A little (laughs) bit, but... (laughs) A little bit, but I think you're like more the charismatic side of it. Yeah. Well, I've got like I got no, like there Libra. are two. I've got Libra. I've got Libra rising. When I get on stage, I just kind of go into this whole other zone. The spotlight. I say shit that I. I afterwards, I'm always. I like recording my shows because like, what did I say between songs? Because I you blacked out. It just yeah. I, I just ramble. I just talk and say whatever, and I'm a lot braver with a guitar in my hands. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you performed back in the day, but I feel the ones that I've seen, I personally love when you tell your stories in between Ooh, songs. Yeah. I've told you this before, but yeah. I think it's who you are and your stories are insane. And I yeah. hope Samantha <laughs> can hear some of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got stories. Yeah. A lot of weed and alcohol. A uh, little bit of acid thrown in there. Perfect. <laughs> any, any great beginning but awful or fantastic yeah. story i don't know yeah, yeah. yeah. not a, not any uh that's not in my life anymore i've had to clean up just for mm-hmm. health reasons and stuff like that but and then with the weed i was just getting way too closed in on myself mm-hmm. um so that's actually been really interesting getting back into music writing sober for the first time i didn't think oh. i could uh to you know because it used to be like okay i got this song idea I smoke a big joint and sit down and like let's see where this goes and you let your imagination run wild so luckily over 25 years i smoked enough that it's still in there <laughs> and I still have my imagination. So. That's really funny because I don't know if you've seen there's a friend, maybe it was last year. I think it was Machine Gun Kelly or like Miley Cyrus. They're like, I am weed. And I say the same thing about my, my mom. She is weed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. But then sometimes I think people just want to smoke weed and not get creative though. Sometimes mm-hmm. it depends on the mindset that you're in. Yeah, exactly. But... Yeah. It depends what you're doing it for or just or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. For me, like that's how we, like I used to be in jam bands. Like I was in a, at one point I was in a 15 to 20 piece funk psychedelic oh. band as a bass player. Um, we were the King street bread machine. We had a bread maker on stage with us. And so we have, we'd be making bread that 
during the show. And by the end of the show, when the show would be done, we'd pull out this fresh loaf of bread and like throw it out to the audience. Like, people tore it apart. Like, it was scary. And who hates bread? It was scary. <laughs> but I'd be sitting there like the, the, uh, the bread machine would be next to my base amp. And so over the course of the, you know, you smoke a big joint before you start. And then over the course of the show, you just like get hungry and hungry and you're just smelling this yeah. bread, more and more oh, bread. Yeah. It's just like, Oh my God. Like, can we put this in the other side of the stage? Like some other, sometimes. Oh my so, like, God. Not, <laughs> smell the time, there are so worse hungry. smells. Like yes. if it was like a bar, like I'd yeah. rather smell bread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so we've I've had all kinds, you know, band experiences and, and stuff like that. So it's always like, you know, how much can you drink and how much can you smoke? And and then when Stop Yelling came around in Vancouver, it was more of like, hey, let's try to do a professional show and like, we'll do our partying afterwards, right? Like you yeah. don't, a lot of the bands that we were kind of modeling ourselves after, they weren't drunk on stage, they were drunk backstage afterwards. And so just kind of a little, little hit before just to take the edge off and then do your show. And then like, I'd get off the stage, like we'd get off and have a bar tab. And I'd be the last one off the stage and I'd get down there after the show and it had all been used up. I haven't even had a drink yet. And it's just like, Hey, come on guys. Like, it's like, you know, at least save me a beer for me. Right. I love that. You've already jumped into the bands that you've been in. <laughs> Honestly, um, <laughs> you know, it's kind of crazy. Uh, here's just a like a little tip at you. When I, I used to travel to Canada quite often and it always like fascinated me. Someone said that country music is really big. I forgot where I was. I think I was, like in Windsor, when they told me that, I was just like, wait, what the heck? I just like didn't think that anything was like, like country was that popular. Like, seriously, Sandy, I know your face. They can't. No, no. That's like, I like the South. And it was so big. Someone told me about some kind of ra- like rodeo uh, right. festival. It was like some well, kind of rodeo festival. <laughs> it was Calgary Stampede. It was like two weeks long out in Alberta. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Uh, oh, then it had to like, be that because yeah. I actually drove yeah. to Alberta from somewhere. Some of those smaller communities in Alberta, it's actually still 1980. It's quite fascinating when you go there. <laughs> Can you tell me which ones I'll go? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, bad night, bad 1980, like redneck racist, um, oh. you know, kind of. <laughs> I thought like the fashion no. side of things, yeah. <laughs> the music. Well, fashion too, but bad, bad, like acid wash <laughs> jeans, bad fashion. I don't know. Like, yeah. So like I lived through all that. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. And I love how I can yeah. hear your O-U, O-U-T. Yeah. I don't think your accent is as strong. It can be. <laughs> when you're like, on the border. Was, yeah. I was wrestling a moose before, eh? And he was taking, trying to take my maple syrup. And so we, I said, hey, put him <laughs> And up. you rubbed it in your hair. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. No, the over-apologizing half of that one. The mm-hmm. ultra yes. nice. That's true, yes. uh, No, now we're getting to stereotypes. All right. Yes, accents. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but So we will bring it back really quickly. Just want to thank you. Not only do I have a friend, but now a colleague and yeah. it's helped you in some ways. So really appreciate that. I'm really excited to jump into your stories, but let's, let's bring it all the way back. When did your career in music start? Like, what's your story? What's the beginning? Oh, the beginning of my story. How many stories do you want? Uh, uh, basically, well, the, the start of it all uh, off the stage was a my spirit guide, which I firmly believe I have a spirit guide, uh, enabled me to buy my first guitar. I was hanging out with my roommate. Uh, we were supposed to be going to college. Uh, sorry, mom, we weren't going. Uh, we were hanging out. If my mom tunes in, uh, that's what that apology is for. <laughs> we we're hanging out at a music store all the time. And uh, instead of going to class, and I was just sitting there one day, and as if a voice, somebody was standing right beside me, and I was like, see that red guitar hanging up there on the wall? We're going to make sure you buy that, and you're going to start doing music. It's like, okay. So I talked to the guy after a while. I worked there with the manager that's our friend. He's like, oh, what's the deal with uh, you know, the guitar? You guys have a layaway plan, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you pay like $40 a week, and you can get this guitar or whatever but you know you got to be uh, like a grown-up i was 17 got to have you know credit stuff like that and, and he's like let me call the owner and i'll and i'll ask him and so call the owner and it's like no way he should have said yes and so my parents were giving me uh, a bag of groceries and 40 dollars a week um in cash to buy more groceries and uh and so sylvain the manager is talking with the owner and he says he's got 40 dollars a week and he's like you'll do it oh okay and she got the phone and you can take that guitar home today and it's just like okay great didn't even know how to play um (laughs) but i was just like i'm going to be doing music that's what i'm supposed to be doing i just i knew it and um 
it was a beautiful guitar. It was a Fender Stratocaster, and I could not make it sound good at all because I didn't know how to play. And other friends had been playing for years, and they could make this guitar just sing, right? And and I was getting really discouraged. I actually stopped playing. And so I ended up selling the guitar to a friend at the time. I went to a flea market and spent 20 bucks on uh, just an old acoustic guitar that was just old and beat up and had lots of soul. And I honestly beat the shit out of that guitar. <laughs> jamming with everybody with their fancy guitars and i just became a super solid rhythm player and and i saw a uh, a neil young concert on pbs and um he was playing a song helpless and they at one point they zoomed in on his hands and he's playing three the whole song was three chords and it was three chords that i knew and it was just like oh my god like if neil young is neil young and he's writing these songs off of three chords so can I. And so instead of trying to become like a lead player or a fancy whatever, um, it's just like, I'm going to be a singer songwriter and use what I know. And I just started writing from there. And then it's, you start hitting the open mics. It was February of 93 was the first time I hit an open mic um, in Quebec in uh, St. Anne de Bellevue and uh, did Down by the River by uh, Neil Young. And uh, that's, that's the medium length version of that story, I guess. <laughs> But that's, that's kind of insane. Um, you know, let's just take it back to the owner. I mean, mm. how many people were just straight up calling owners at that time to be like, I need that yeah. red guitar. So how yeah. could he not say yeah. yes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> calling uh, them out just, the blue? <laughs> yeah, it's just the stars were uh, just a lie. Like it was supposed to happen, right? And it was, I've, I've, I've never been happier than when I've been doing music. It's, uh, it's just what I'm supposed to be doing. It's part of my, mission i think to help uh, other people through my music and so that's something maybe we'll get more into but that's something that's uh this is a big push of why i'm why i'm doing this is to help other people i'm very curious mm-hmm. from the moment that you started playing music to getting up on that stage like what was the time in between because i feel like that's probably the biggest challenge if you're not yeah. used to being in the spotlight like that it was probably uh like 13 months honestly i was just trying to do the math in my head like it was barely a year yeah That's so like, i didn't even i didn't even move to that town to like a year before so maybe even less than a year like 10 11 months yeah <laughs> i feel like that's like really good i feel like learning. it would take me a lifetime yeah. to get yeah. on the stage yeah. <laughs> well that was just it was you know it, i wasn't getting up there with my own stuff that took another year it was 94 yeah. before i was sort of felt comfortable with my own music where it's like yeah i'm gonna be going to be brave enough to get up there and play my own songs but uh it's uh it, i mean it takes time and then it's like it's i think i think that's just something you got to do like you just gotta like try it that's something i try to teach my kids is to d- try it you know like it's don't be like oh i can't do that try it you might you know one particular night you might get booed off the stage and go okay well that <laughs> didn't work so well i think maybe i'll try it differently next time <laughs> but so you still that, gotta, so that gotta did try, happen yeah. then no, I've never been booed off the stage. I've oh, been quite nice. fortunate with that. Yes. <laughs> First time I tried it, it worked. So, yeah. But again, it's just the I, I'm not a spotlight spotlight seeking person, but that I can still remember that feeling. That first feeling of the spotlight on me was like, yes, uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> uh, I feel like I've touched a little bit of that before. Yeah. Like just that, like yeah. high, that Nate. Like no matter, I would describe it as like the best fun I've ever had or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's different. You're kind of, we're in this kind of in the same boat now with me, like releasing my albums digitally and stuff where like, there's no release party. And you know, it's so, like midnight I hit publish on like Bandcamp and, and distro kid. And then it's just like silence. Okay. Like there's no applause or like, <laughs> okay, okay, well that just happened. Yay. I guess I'll go to bed now. Um, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> and it's the same too. Like you do, you know, you do your interviews and you do your podcast and then you, you know, you, you post it and then you wait, you hope you get some of that feedback from people where, where they're like, Hey, well, I, you know, I love that episode and, and, and that kind of, you gotta, you gotta post it and then wait for the reaction, which is very different from being on stage where reaction is, is immediate. True. Yeah. 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 That's so true. Someone's in this virtual world. Like I'm sure you felt it for your birthday mm-hmm. show that you did last year doing a virtual these days, you don't get that the same face reaction. Yeah. yeah. But I actually don't, I don't, Mine, I mean, I'm looking forward to doing 
live shows again. Um, but I've had a realization in the last month. I've been a stay-at-home dad for the last almost 10 years. And I've come to the realization that I'm a stay-at-home musician. And I really like that. <laughs> I like not leaving the house. I like I like doing, like, I have a friend, I do kids' music as well. And I've got a friend that's a teacher in the Bahamas. Uh, and so I'm in Brayside, Ontario, about 40 minutes west of Ottawa, our, our capital city. And so, um, so my friend's got a kindergarten class in the Bahamas. And last year I did a show for them from my basement through my phone uh just on zoom and they have a smart board in all the classrooms now right and so i was like huge on the wall they could see me and they had a camera i could see them and watch them dancing and stuff like that and it's like like Aww. i'll never get to the bahamas to do a, to do a show for a kindergarten class but i just did one like that's yeah. amazing so yeah <laughs> and i didn't I mean, leave the house and that's the coolest the kid, thing yeah did the kids like it or oh, what was it, the yeah. feedback no, I've been really lucky. Like I, because I have you know my two girls, and and so I kind of accidentally fell into writing kids' music on the side because my kids are weird like me in a good way. We're proud of our weirdness, and so they just say weird things. It's like, oh gee, boy, that'd make a great song. And so I wrote this, <laughs> the first kids' album that I did, and I thought it was great. And all, you know, only my kids had heard it; they loved it. Uh, and it wasn't until I did that first show through uh, on an online show for a local class where it's like do our other kids even gonna like this music <laughs> like i had no idea and like they loved it. like the kids my the kids are really like my my stuff so that's that's really cool and the parents do too so my number one rule for kids music is don't be annoying for parents yes. um and so that's i really keep that in in mind when my my songwriting on the, the kids side of thing and uh so yeah so it's been it's been a lot of fun it's a nice way i can explore the happier side um, with the kids' music, and then having daughters of my own, I really try to focus on it being uplifting and empowering uh, songs. So, like, I'm not writing a gross song just for laughs or whatever. And, yeah. and, you know, so trying to have some intelligence um, behind behind the music, but do it in a fun, you know, kind of silly way. You still bring in your songwriting style, just yes, exactly, yeah, a little bit different. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Although I can't necessarily imagine the kids' music being a little bit more on the sadly optimistic side. Yeah. It's got to be all optimistic. Yeah. 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 Uplifting and empowering. Is yeah. They'll I'm learn that later yeah. on in life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so like, like I, I care that carries through into the kids' music. There's like, you know, there's hints of Johnny Cash in there. There's hints of Neil Young and, 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 and those sounds. And it's, um, you know, like kids are smart. You don't have to give them like, you know silly little things or whatever little jingles like you can give them a, something to think about something to chew on with uh with songs curious yeah. other than dabbling into what kids music how has your songwriting or your your music evolved since you started since i started okay well that goes a long way but yeah um well so i always um always tried to be just like solid rhythm player right and, and be that singer songwriter observer i've always been kind of an observer um but then trying to share my own experiences and the the best music comes out of breakups um i think it was frank zappa i think was said you know like 95 percent of songs are about finding love or losing love it's just you're, you you got to make yours more interesting right and um so i've always tried to keep keep that in mind but um you know was never in very good relationships for a number of years and and are no relationships so there's that like you know the longing to be loved and you know so that makes for for good songwriting and then i met um the lady that would become my wife and uh i kind of stopped writing songs <laughs> so i didn't need to like i was happy i was suddenly like oh my gosh i'm like happy and um and so I, but i would always wait in the past would always wait for inspiration to hit me about the, you know like something happening whether it's that breakup or, or you, you you're hoping to meet somebody and you don't, you know, that kind of thing. And, and to get kind of like a line in my head or something, you know, and I'd build a song around, around that emotion. And so lately in the past year, um, I think like a lot of people watch the, uh, that Peter Jackson uh, documentary on the Beatles uh, that was on Disney plus. And uh, it was fascinating for me to watch. Uh, I know some other people that, you know, not musicians that were kind of like, Oh, this is kind of, kind of long, but for me, it was just fascinating to, to watch them. And, and so there's one scene and they shared this, uh, seen actually a lot on online when they're promoting it where um paul mccartney is just sitting like they have 30 days to like try to write this album and and so they're like you know we need songs and paul's just sitting there on his base and uh ringo's there and george is there ringo's just kind of like yawning smoking a cigarette and uh, <laughs> paul starts playing this riff 
on on the bass and then he just kind of starts humming to to the riff and and then he starts kind of going get back get back and it's like the birth of the song get back um like he he it blew my mind like wow he went he went looking for that like he didn't wait to be inspired he went looking and so so once i finished that document i watched actually watched it all like two or three times at this point but it just led me in to this to the music room into the into the studio that i have here and it's like you know instead of waiting for inspiration i'm going to chase after it and so the last album that i put out last spring uh the robotanist that's the first time like the first couple albums that i put out was just basically going through the back catalog of all my mm-hmm. old songs and it's like oh we did this was really popular with with the band stop yelling let's put this one out because i know some people will want to hear it and so with the robotanist that's the first time i've ever sat down to write an album in its entirety as with songs that are in that you know similar sounds similar moods and and every song on that album and every song since has been me chasing inspiration as opposed to waiting for it to come and so it's been a really fascinating change i'm, I'm and i'm like I don't know where it's going. I've got a quote here on my wall. I see if I got, get it right. It's just written in pen, but uh, it's from that <laughs> documentary. Um, George Harris, at the end of that, making that album, they're going to do a TV special, a live TV special, and everything kept kind of falling apart and, and changing, and George quit the band for a while. And so everybody's arguing about what this, what this was all going to become. And George says, um, well, you know, we're the Beatles. Whatever it's going to be, it becomes that. And I just mm-hmm. was like, that was another light bulb moment for me where, and I, by no way am I comparing myself to the Beatles. So in case anybody <laughs> makes that mistake. Um, but um, I, whenever I'm writing a song and working on a song and recording a song, I'm always looking over at that quote on my wall. And, and it's kind of, you know, even for me, it's like, where is this album going? And like, oh, oh that's, you know, okay, that's a different sound. That's a different song. Where is this going? And, and then I just kind of look at that quote and it's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter where it's going. It's going some. It's going somewhere, and whatever it's going to be, well, that's what it is. And and um, and so I've used that on the robotness, and then on the new one that's coming out, um, haunted cowboy sounds is it's evolved even further. <laughs> that's a whole other story. <laughs> I love everything that you said, even when you um, like went back to how what you think about the own genre of you sound like sadly optimistic. It really is a mindset with all of this. Mm. And I think about this like seriously all day when I'm like trying to be like, oh, I just need to let something come and I'll wait. But then I realize my mindset's like thinking of other things. When I mean like I'm waiting, it really means like, I don't know, maybe I'm distracted or I'm like waiting for something to come to me, but I'm thinking of a hundred million things at the same time yeah. that's never going to come to me. Yeah. And like my, <laughs> and so when you put your mindset to it, then you're only going to focus on that or think about that in a certain um, period of time. So I just really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you got to step away too, right? And just be like, okay, I got to, you know, got to stop thinking about this. And let things kind of freshen up and, and let your ears freshen up and, and then, you know, come back at it. But when I'm working on an album, I try to, I can do a lot of recording at night, like wait for my kids to go to bed. Uh, so we're, you know, here at home and uh, I'll try to, you know, try to finish a song on a particular night and I'll try to have the next one ready to go before I kind of close up shop here where it's like, okay, you know, okay, that song's done. Great. I'm really happy with that one. Grab the guitar, just start strumming quietly, look for, look for chords and, and, uh, and that sort of thing. And, uh, and just see what, you know, always see what comes up and always have something ready to go for, for the next time. And then, you know, come back again, fresh. Like, oh, okay. What was that chord? I usually make a little video for myself. So I, I've forgotten as probably as many songs as I've, as I've written <laughs> over the years. And uh, so you make a little video and you come back. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Chord progression. Okay. What can we do with that? Where's, what's this going to be? So, yeah. And well, so what, what, is your process like do you start out with emotion do you start out with a a certain chord how do you get started on a new song or a new general overview of an album yeah it used to be kind of different every time and but it was often it would be like a a phrase or something that somebody said that would be like oh god you know that triggers a would trigger a song and um so now for me it's it's usually like with the with the new album, Haunted Cowboy Sounds, as opposed to being a story, a storytelling album, it's more of a uh it's telling the story of feelings. 
more. So, so I was kind of using the sort of the heartache, I guess, <laughs> and longing, uh, lost love from my past to kind of work through like emotional baggage and stuff for, for this, this album. And, um, so the process for, for that one was really was just sitting down, um, usually with the, with the guitar and then doing the, I call it the McCartney method now, where it's just like finding, you know, cause I know certain, certain keys work with, with my voice and that sort of stuff. Right. So you just kind of, you know, look for something original, which isn't always easy to do. Cause it's like, Oh, oh no way. That sounds like the song that I did, you know, three weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> Try a different starting chord. Um, so then usually it would be for me, it's, it's finding the chords and the, the chord progression. And then I start humming and I see what kind of words just emerge the word. They, they just, it's the damnedest thing. They just show up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Sometimes I don't even know the direction. Like, okay, where's this this song going? But then if you get that solid one or two lines, then you build off of that and um, and go from there using that that underlying. Like for this last album, it's the underlying feeling for the whole album. But then it's um, it's um, you know using the emotions and and seeing what seeing what bubbles up. I guess really, yeah, through through humming. <laughs> I, and that's actually something that I was going to ask you too. Like, have you ever felt that you started creating the same sound over and over again like especially if you're creating as many songs as you are in 30 days didn't you tell me that there's a story behind the idea of the haunted cowboy there's a good electric guitar effect that i use in um the robotness album and it's it's kind of um it's called endless ambient it's in the, the program that i use for for recording so it just creates this like never ending sound and i would use it sort of like as a little like ping and then it would like echo on you know for a while throughout like a verse or whatever and so when i sat down so i wrote a new song uh, well it's not new you know I, I had written a new song uh called she came with the rain and i thought i was sitting down to write a follow-up to the robotanist album i thought he still for those that don't know the robotanist is a little robot botanist friend of mine uh my mascot and um there's a story on my website you can check it out and so um i thought I, he had more and i still think he has more stories to tell and so um i was sitting down to write you know the next robotanist album and so i started i wrote you know recorded the the uh, guitars and uh, and the vocals for it and so i was like oh and i'll put in that effect and it wasn't quite sounding right. And so about halfway through the song, I, like, I wonder what happened if I actually played chords with this, this effect on. So I'd never tried that before. And it just created this whirling, rolling, weird sort of like pedal steel, psychedelic pedal steel kind of kind of sound, um, like the pedal steel, the lap steel instruments here a lot in country music. And so um, I was like, wow, this, I think this is really cool. And so I sent the early version of that song to, to friends like yourself. And it was like, well, you know, like halfway through, listen for the haunted cowboy sounds. And so every, you know, after texting like five or six, oh, check for the, the haunted cowboy sound. It's in there. It's really cool. And the more I, you know, a couple of days went by and it's just like, I think that's the theme for the whole, I think that's the name of the album is haunted cowboy sounds. And, and so where, you know, where's that, what is that going to become? And so, um, the next song that I ended up writing was a song called Candace. It'll be the second song on the album. And it's sort of a, a, a mix of a, a new work and then some old lyrics that I'd had from a, a different song that I'd been hoping to record, but it was never, it wasn't a strong enough song on its own, but some of, some of it was, would, was still workable. And that was a day years ago, probably, Oh gosh, 22 years ago. So walking down these railroad tracks and, um, all these things were, were kind of happening. I was like, Oh, there's a shortcut there through some trees. And, and, and these were lines that were in that original song. And I heard this mom was calling her daughter, Candace. She was like, Candace, Candace. So there's a line in that song, Candace, your mom is calling when in the original version. And so when I started writing, you know, the, the next song on the album, um, I started realizing, okay, well, maybe that's part of what is haunting this character. He's not a cowboy, but the haunted cowboy sound it's, something you know that that lost love with with candace and and so that sort of okay okay well there's the next so now the, you know the storyteller of the album now he's got a backstory where it's gonna jump like my, my i told my kids the name of the album they'd been away and um and so i did i did about 48 hours straight here in the music room and i got four songs done and a fifth and sixth started in the two days that they were away and 
so when they came home, it's like, oh yeah, I got you know, dad's working on a new album, and they're oh, what you know, what's it called? Well, my youngest daughter is like, oh, is it a kid's album? Like, oh no, sorry. And um, it's like, oh, it's called Haunted Cowboy Sounds. And right away, they're just like, oh wow, that's really cool, like zombies and ghosts. Is he a vampire? I'm like, no, no, it's nothing, nothing like that. And uh, I said, he's more, it's more emotional haunting. And so my youngest, my five-year-old Alec, and I'm going to use this in my like social media promotion for the album. She's like, okay, so there's a cowboy and things have happened to him and now he feels haunted. Like, yes, <laughs> that's exactly it. He's, he feels haunted. You, you know, you're five and you get it. Good for you. And um, <laughs> sometimes it's that easy. So then I just built, you know, built off of there to start telling the story. And then, and like I was saying, like, it's, it's, it's really freed up uh, a lot of the emotional baggage that I had from like past relationships and stuff. And because like, uh, you know, I'm, I don't think anybody wants to hear me write a song like I love my wife and things are wonderful. <laughs> um, that's the way it is. But who's everyone's going to feel jealous. Yeah. Like 50% yeah. of America is going to feel jealous. Yeah. <laughs> no one can relate. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but it's been, it's been good for me to, to kind of go back and I'm feeling lighter. Like I've cleared out some junk just by, by creating a song. And then, and then hopefully, you know, I've created music that other people will hear and, and then just be like oh okay like, like i use the word sometimes a lot in my music and that's kind of part of the, the sadly optimistic style it's just like the belief that things are going to be okay and so if i've got a you know if i want to put a line in the song that's like oh, i feel alone like i'm feeling really down um well i don't you know i don't always feel that way and i don't want anybody else to always feel that way and if they are feeling that way i want them to feel that there's a chance that things will be better so I put put a line in the song. Sometimes I feel alone, or, or some you know sometimes da 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 da, and and it it gives you an exit strategy, right? It's a way out of from that bad feeling. Is uh, you know there's a chance, you know, it's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's not mm -hmm. a train. Uh, sometimes it's goodness, you know. You know what? That's a perfect move on to Lonesome Waltz, another song with some in it. You're not lonely. You're lonesome. Yes. And so I saw that in your early mix that you sent, sorry, listeners, that mm -hmm. you didn't have that song in your early mix, mm -hmm. but then it was in the final mix and you put yeah. it like in the middle of the album. Yeah. So part of my thought was thinking, how do you choose the order of your tracks on an album, especially when you created it a couple, a couple of months before? I kind of have the order in mind while I'm making it. Um, okay. So, so for me, so for that one, so for, Hunted Cowboy Sound, one of the things I wanted to do, again, I'm talking about the Beatles again, was do something that they didn't do, which was to actually finish the album in 30 days. Uh, and so it was like our, well, probably the final hours of day 30. And I wasn't in the music room for like 30 days straight. It was like most of the album was done in two 48-hour chunks. And so when I hit day 30, there was two songs, uh, Lonesome Waltz was one of them, that I had and so on, you know, and the friends that I shared it with is like, okay, this is like, I'm calling it, I'm saying I'm, you know, like I did the album, I did it in 30, but I'm going to go back and I'm going to repair some things. And so it kind of felt like a cheat, like just a little bit because these songs were worked on. They weren't quite, they needed help. They needed to be repaired. So with, with that one, it was, uh, um, I, in this album too, I, well, maybe I should tell a bit of the story of how I ended up with instrumentals because I don't know if, somebody in this conversation that inspired the first instrumental um, that I did on the last album. I don't know if she wants to identify herself or not, but um, I wrote a song on the last album called Wednesday Song. And it was, I was inspired by an engagement picture that I saw on Instagram. And so I was trying to write the song and, and it's like, okay, this is going to be my happy song. Like it's a happy picture. And I'm going to talk about my wife as well too. And we'll be married, uh, I think 18 years uh, this year. and. Um, I kept trying to write the lyrics and it just wasn't, it wasn't working out. Nothing, just nothing fit. And, and I'd record it late at night, like playing it really quietly. And when I tried to re-record, I just couldn't get the same feeling. And like, I'd recorded it kind of as a demo and, and it was just like, you know what? I think sometimes you don't need words. I had the realization, like you, you know, sometimes you, you don't need to say something and you can let the music convey, you know, or, or the melody convey, the emotion i think i captured it well um with that song and so going in with kind of cowboy sounds i was thinking you know what i i can use the instrumentals to kind of push the narrative or change the mood a little bit 
um, to kind of break up just the, you know, like the, like, oh my gosh, he's lonely. Yes, we get it. We know he's lonely. Um, so put in something that's a little brighter, a little, and just kind of start to start to shift things. And so with Lonesome Walton in particular, that kind of got slotted in there. I think it's song number, number seven, where it's, okay, this is, this is the, the turning point. This is the last lonely dance. And I, you know, the, the, there's some, some realizations as I get towards the end of the album where it's like, you know what, I've, I, I you know I've used the phrase a lot, emotional baggage, but I think I've, I've cleared out some of this, these emotions that I've, that I've been dragging around. And, and so, yeah, so I keep that in mind. And then on like the Robotanist album as well too, um, as I'm going and I'm writing songs like, Oh, that's killer. Like that's the open, that's gotta be the opening song. And this one's going here and that one's going there. You start to have your list. I try to get at least 30 minutes on every album. So it varies on the number of songs, usually 10 or 12. And it's like, okay, I need, like, I need a song number eight. Like I got something here and I got something, you know, I got something that six and seven, I got nine. I know where it's going to end. What's, what's going to get me, to the end and so i'll write a song kind of specifically for the spot where i think it should be in the album you're trying to aid the listener of where to go with you on this journey before we get too far from it is it was me that would that that <laughs> engagement photo oh was my me. Gosh, and sick. and also i don't think i told you this I andrew you i think i told you i was playing the wednesday song on my tv when anthony was like you know doing something else in the apartment but he walked by and he's like this is such a beautiful song wow i've never heard this before who is this and i told him about you and the backstory of it a little bit and um then we ended up having it on one of our playlists for our wedding so yeah, and I'm so honored by that. Like that's <laughs> like that's um like that's like bucket list kind of thing that I didn't even know I wanted on my bucket list. But like it's it's such a huge honor to to write something you know with someone in mind. I, I don't think I would have had anywhere near the same kind of song if there's lyrics on it. Like I don't mm-hmm. think I would have done that feeling justice if I had put words to it. So um, and then so on the new album there's also a song an instrumental called Colorado Song. Mm-hmm. Um, I seem to be inspired by uh, pictures of people hiking through Colorado <laughs> on Instagram. I'm inspired by that too. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it's interesting because then it's like, you, you know, if you write it, you write your chord progression, then you're looking for that uplifting sort of, sort of melody. And, and, and so for me, it just, it's the mountains that do it. Maybe it's because I, like I spent 12 years in Vancouver where the mountains are like right there. And um, I don't miss Vancouver, but I miss the mountains. Sorry, Vancouver. Um, but um, yeah, just there's just something about, you know, when you want to get those up the peaks and valleys, basically, of, of a song, right? And so if you have that, those soaring mountains in, in mind, it's, it's um, I don't know, it's, it works for me. I have a question for you. What have you learned about yourself over the years, like from when you were playing back then, took a break, and then now? Boy, that's a tricky one. Uh, yeah. See, I, I pretended to interview myself for like the last month um, <laughs> in anticipation of this, and that's a question I didn't didn't ask myself. Um, what I learned, I learned, I learned that I'm stronger than I thought, and I've learned that I'm happier than I thought in in my life and situations. And and um, I've got a friend here in town, like I'm in close to a farming community, and probably through the, the recording of this last album. Um, I was helping my buddy. We were unloading hay. And um, so the loft isn't too far up, but like we were able to have a conversation while we're doing it. And I'm down in the wagon and we're making hay for his, uh, his wife's horses. And uh, so, you know, we're hot. It's like 40 degrees and, and it's like eight o'clock at night. And uh, my buddy's just like, Oh, living the dream. eh?" and you know, okay. And we're just joking around it. And I put a bail on the, on the elevator that was taking up the loft. I was like, you know what I am? Like I'm, doing what I want to do. I have a wonderful family that supports me in this. I'm here on a sunny day. I'm like, I'm helping my, my friend and, and I'm able to do what I want to do. Like I'm, I am living the dream. Like I'm happy. Like, you know, if the dream brought in more income, that would be okay too. But, uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, so that's something I've learned is just like, you know, cause I've battled, uh, depression and anxiety. I think we all have to, to some degree, uh, self-esteem, uh, has always been a big issue for me and not feeling uh, a strong sense of self-worth. And, and so, um, you know, I, in trying to share that through, through my music and then I, you know, 
hopefully it helps lift somebody else up uh, while I'm kind of lifting myself up at the, at the same time. Hey, you're hired. (laughs) (laughs) Especially with your new album that's about to come out. Um, I do not feel any of that from like the music just because it feels, I mean, it, no, it feels like optimistic. It feels, but it feels Mm. like emotion that is bring like you're getting the best emotion out of everybody. Um, but I definitely, I love the fact that you do bring up like still just wanting to be happy through it Mm. all. Isn't that the goal for real? Yeah. 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 It really is. If you could choose one person and, um, try to not make it the Beatles maybe, but if you could (laughs) choose one person to collab with, um, who would you want to? Cool. Can I bring somebody back from the dead? Is that too okay. gross or weird? Or no, t- no, yes, yes. Who? <laughs> uh, well, he's British as well. Um, Nick Drake. There's a British uh, songwriter, Nick Drake. He passed away in 1974, three months after uh, I was born. And I, this would be a different conversation if it was three months before, because I'm a big believer in reincarnation. And I would be wondering if like, there's some Nick Drake in me somewhere, um, but just really similar style. He, and he battled depression and he died of it's, it's not known whether it was on purpose or accidental overdose of his, uh, his medication that he was taking, um, but just beautiful songwriter. He, he invented guitar tunings. Um, so that's the other interesting part of haunted cowboy sounds was that I, I tried to learn that's he's one of my wife's favorite uh songwriters, and so I wanted to learn one of his songs for her. And of course, I'm not I'm not Nick Drake, I'm not reincarnated. Um, so I learned it and then it's like oh, I just I can't do it, but I end up learning one of his tunings. And so the neat thing with haunted cowboy sounds is it's all almost I think 90% of it is written in a Nick Drake tuning which is totally different from anything I had ever used before. So it's basically like relearning where a lot of the notes are on the guitar where it's like, Oh, you're expecting to find something in a certain spot. And it's like, Oh, it's not there anymore. Like I, I tuned that note away. (laughs) Um, So I would, I would love to just even, even it wasn't even a collaboration, but just spend some time with them because to the, the beautiful mind that created, you know, like, to just invent tunings and, and wow, what were you thinking? Like, how did you even come up with that? Like it's, you know, and, and then maybe we could jam. There'll be times where I'll be at home and I'll be like listening to Nick Drake and one of my kids be like, Oh dad, did you record a new song? That is amazing <laughs> yeah. for someone that knows you super well, or yeah. I would hope. <laughs> um, now moving on to you we have one more question and I mm. bet you know what it is. Yes. So Samantha, <laughs> one, two, three. What do you want to be known for? See, it's Rob- tricky. I I feel like I'm at an advantage and a disadvantage in that I've listened to every episode, some of them, you know, many times, and uh, I knew this was coming. And but then that's also like I knew this was coming. Like, oh no, <laughs> um, pressure's on. What am I going to say? Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I think I think one of the and we kind of touched on it already. And so I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but. I want to be known as someone that helped others, um, whether that's through sharing knowledge or, or just giving my, you know, my time, you know, to like other musicians or, or other people and, and just to be genuinely wanting to help. I think that's something too. A lot of people often, you know, they, they help where like, you know, I'll do something for you, but what can you do for me? Um, I try to avoid that that aspect of my life and and it's just like i want to help some people are shocked that like you know like well you want you you want to help with no strings attached um but i think then through through my music is just that it's you know we kind of you know it's it's a crazy world out there um like i had a song on an album from last year um called maybe in saskatchewan and it's a song about one of my hardest breakups and it was i'd gotten into a relationship with uh someone that I was moving west. We were in Ontario and I was going to be moving west and she was going to be moving east. And it was like somebody, a very special person to me, but we started a relationship with an end date and we were going to opposite, exact opposite ends of the country. And so after we broke up, I'd written this song, maybe in Saskatchewan, where it's like, maybe, you know, maybe if we lived in the middle of the country, we could love each other. And so I wrote this song and so it sat on, you know, on the streaming services and stuff. And um, I guess it was in June. 
I saw that somebody in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, so it's one of the cities in that province in Canada, had listened to that song like 22 times in like a two-week period. I don't you know. And it's just, I'm assuming it's the same person. So I'd never get any other hits from Saskatoon. They're all on that song on, on YouTube. And uh, it's like, wow, somebody in Saskatoon is going through some stuff, man. And, and so I actually did it. I ended up doing a social media post and explaining the background of that story. And, and I was just like, you know, like whoever you are in Saskatoon, if you hear like, like I, you know, in my mind, I wonder, and I hope that like, maybe I help that person through something you know and like they, maybe there was a breakup and or maybe they just really like that song and i also want if i could add one more thing um i want to be known as somebody that tried um like just 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 do it like i always tell my kids to dream big because you never know how far you're going to get to you might not get to where you thought you were going but you're going to get somewhere because you had that big dream and you followed it you had a guest that was on oh a couple of seasons ago and um I'm sorry, I apologize. I can't remember his name, but he was just saying, just enjoy the process. And that's mm. something I, I took that. I've taken that to heart since I heard that. And that has really fueled. Well, a lot of things that the guests of the, the setup have said has really fueled my music career in the last couple of years. Uh, but that was one of them where it's just like, just enjoy it all. Enjoy the process and don't, don't get to a release date. And be, oh, now what? It's just enjoy every moment of it and the good and the bad and, and try. I want to be known as someone that tried as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a 10 song album in 30 days. I don't know if that's trying or doing. Yeah. He, he, he did the dang thing. Like when he was telling me about it, I was like, what the heck? Because I'm actually marketing, going to market the release of this one properly. I've had enough time to do a mini EP uh like a johnny cash style country album at the same time that i'll just release on the same day we'll share all the links and for anyone who wants to connect with andrew roger you can find him on instagram or on his website at on andrewrogermusic.com yes that's right yeah and that's where i, I know we just started a new blog that's there and like it's through, that's that's sort of the hub like i love social media but the website is kind of my hub where, because I want to, I want to connect with people. I don't want to be yelling into the void of Twitter and, and like, you know, hope somebody hears it. Like, let's connect and, and get to know each other. And, and so I really use my website as that hub for, for making connections. Yeah. It, it's very important, honestly, especially for musicians. Like, mm. whenever I'm listening to music and, like, you know, I'm on Spotify and I tr- want to learn more about an artist that I'm following and they don't have a website. I'm like so confused. I'm like, how yeah. am I going to know more about them? Look at their post and see what they're doing now. No, yeah. I want to know about their entire life. And, and who, so, who like, let uh, them, yeah, who let them not have a website? Like somebody should be fired for that. It's so common. It's really common. It's it crazy. Really they'll have they'll, they'll have like a link tree. So when they can yes. use have Banzoogle. Yes, and you know what's so crazy that I've been like kind of like doing is that sometimes the link tree doesn't really like work that well um when people post it on like their instagram it mm. just re-instagrams it like for me for the user error mm. and i think yeah. that's so frustrating because mm. i don't know what's going on and then i think i'm doing something wrong and i'm really not i think there's just an issue but well that's that's Samantha, if you that's actually an issue that's been happening over the last week more than anything so i'm also yeah, experiencing that yeah. And also I think it's like a, a Facebook Instagram thing where they're trying to block certain, certain yes. domains because, um, one it of goes my... to Google Chrome. So they're trying to stop it whenever, yeah. if you swapped it. Yeah. Exactly. Andrew, we did it. Thank Episode you so yes. much. Hey, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just such an honor to be part of like, it's, I, you know, my first release was a cassette in 96 and to take a big chunk from a break from music and then to come back to music in this whole other world of streaming and websites and social media and stuff. Um, so to, to come back and find the help that you've been offering to people has just been, it's been a life changer for me. Um, and, even we're really excited yeah. and yeah, and andrew too. and andrew too so like me and sydney had the same exact thought process i i texted her one day i'm like you know what we should do we should do, like interview indie artists this round 
Um, and we should have Angie first. And she's like, I was going to tell you like, or some, maybe she texted me at the same time. I'm like, well, I guess we just decided that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> See all my wishing paid off. I'm, I'm the wishing star. <laughs> it worked. Yes. We really appreciate your time. And I just, I hope, well, I hope I gave you something worthwhile. I don't know. It's always so nice to take something away from every episode. Thanks to chat with you and, and get to know you a little bit. And, and like, we should do this again. I can't wait to connect again. Perfect. Great. Team meeting, the co-conspirators. Yes. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Okay, bye. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Setup Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review the Setup on Apple Podcasts. And I encourage you to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. If you have any topic recommendations or questions, please visit us at www.thesetupseries.com.